When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodhi, and I am your host, and I have got a special show planned for you today. I'm actually recording a week ahead of schedule because I I need a break. <laughs> I need some time off, and I'm going to take next week off, and I'm just going to enjoy it with my family, so I'm really excited about that. But uh, in order to do that, I need to pre-record some content, so every now and again, um, especially when it's slow like this, because we just had the Model S announcement, the Model S Plaid announcement. Usually the Tesla Investor Day happens in June, but that hasn't happened yet or even been announced as far as I know. Um, but we're kind of in a lull. Like it's towards the end of June, so it's toward the, towards the end of, end of Tesla's quarter. We don't have a lot of news. And then people are on vacation, so not a lot going on overall in the news and the EV world. So what I like to do is I have these stories that I think are really interesting, but they don't make it into the final show because of a variety of different reasons. That could be because I'm running out of time. That could be because the story has aged a little bit, and I don't know that it's appropriate for the style of show that we're doing that week. Or it could be that I just forget about it and it goes in a folder and I look and I'm like, oh yeah, there's all these stories here. And that's usually what it is. So on this week's episode, we are going to have a very quick news section and hopefully a quick and interesting. And then we're going to sit down and we're going to chat with Jessica Kirsch on her update move to Starbase. So it was a lot of fun. Um, one of the things that every single time I, I sit down with Jessica and we get ready to prepare for the show is we always talk for about, usually it's quite some time, usually it's about an hour, if not a little bit more, and just kind of get caught up because we don't really chat in between these, maybe a little bit here and there. So it's so nice to just sit down and, and chat with her. But then when it's time to um, start the 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 episode, I've just gotten done talking to her for an hour. And it, it's for me, I have a hard time switching into that mode of, of hi, how are you doing? Um, which a lot of people can do. Uh, I cannot. So there's a little bit of an awkwardness when I introduce Jessica. And that's only because we've been chatting for, you know, an hour 
prior to this. So, but anyway, I love having Jessica on. I love that, uh, she's able to make it every month for these curse rants and I hope you enjoy them too, but let's get right into the news here. First up, people who listen to this show know that autonomous driving is close to a reality. Thanks to companies like Tesla, Waymo, and Aurora. Now, I included those three. I know that they're controversial, so no shade, no lemonade here. Um, but yeah, those are three companies working on this kind of technology. And then we have, in the meantime, these driver assist features, which if you really get down to it, Tesla's auto or Tesla's full self-driving and autopilot are basically just a, a very fancy set of these driver assist features. And really what it comes down to when you, when you get right down to the meat of it, the thing that makes them or makes Tesla, you know, advanced in the levels of autonomy is, you know, fewer and fewer needed interruptions or corrections from a human driver they've got all of the technology there. We just need to get down to a point where there's zero interventions. And then we're at level five effectively. Like we can argue about it a little bit, but that's a, an oversimplification of where we're at. Right. Right now, Tesla is firmly on level two. And that's basically that. I think they're above anybody else in, in this category, but they're basically level two autonomy at this point. All right, as my cousin Kurt used to say, or I guess he still does because he's not dead, <laughs> I told you that story so I can tell you this one. Um, the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration and Jason Finsk, he runs the Engineering Explained YouTube channel, they're teaming up to explain driver assist features in a new YouTube series. Now, this is a great resources resource, excuse me, and I would send would-be car buyers to learn about what's out there in terms of driver assist and how those features work. But to be clear, these videos are, are pretty basic. And if you listen to the show, you may not get a lot out of them. However, if you're trying to convince somebody to buy a Tesla and it's not specific to Tesla or any other brand, it's mostly just the features. But if you're trying to convince somebody to buy a, a vehicle and you're trying to sell them on driver assist features, this is a good resource to send them, send them to. And I, I did learn some things in this. It's not like you shouldn't go there if you're listening to this show. I'm just saying in general, um, it's, it's pretty basic. But, you know, having said that, I can actually think of a few people that I, including my own mother, that I would actually uh, send her some of these links so that she can learn about it. Because my mom, you know, she doesn't really care. However, if she, you know, she knew that these things were out there and what was available to her, I think she would care a little bit more. She thinks that stuff is kind of neat. Next up, and this is thanks to Patreon supporter Karen for this tip. And she gave me this tip a while ago, um, months ago, maybe even a year ago. So uh, just so you know how long this has been sitting in that hopper. You can't argue that new ICE vehicles do a pretty good job of not polluting the earth. I mean, at least when you compare it to what they did 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago, right? We're, we're, I'm not going to sit here and, and defend ICE vehicles. But in general, because of regulation and technology, they're 
okay. They're not great, but they're okay compared to where they have been. And and that's the only measure that I'm using here compared to where they've been in the past, not compared to where electric vehicles are. So we're clear on that. But there are hidden pollutants in vehicles. Then there might be some that you, you've not quite thought of. Um, and they, they also exist in electric vehicles. And this is why I bring this into this episode of the podcast. So there was some research in the UK and it shows that brake and tire wear may be the biggest source of pollution or excuse me, pollutant emissions from new vehicles in the way that microplastic marine pollution and then also air pollution from fine particles. So this study comes from, uh, again, a 2019 report from the UK government's Air Quality Expert Group. And these emissions are called non-exhaust emissions, or NEEs, and they can come from tire wear, brake wear, and also road wear. So with the popularity of big SUVs and heavy EVs, it is expected that tire wear emissions will increase over time because... um, Basically, tires, brakes, and and the roads, they're not really monitored for their potential emissions. So because these emission sources aren't regulated or even given a second thought, if I'm you know being honest, they're kind of a black hole when it comes to in- the environmental conscious consumers. When they buy a car, t- you know, tires or brakes, they're just like, hmm, cool. I'm buying, you know, tires for my car, for my electric vehicle. However, there may be a hidden pollutant in 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 the fact that the, as the tires wear that creates or could create air pollution and now i'm being very cautious here because this was a very small study so i'm not i'm trying very hard not to present this as fact is just this is an interesting study that needs a bigger study to validate it so just throwing that out there now i have some questions because when Tesla was designing tires or when they were specking tires for their cars, they insisted that they use um, a special rubber compound basically to offset the amount of torque because a, a nice vehicle, standardized sedan, is not going to produce the kind of torque that a Model 3 performance is going to produce. I think we can all agree on that. So Tesla had to go to a, batter, a tire manufacturer and they had to work together to come up with this tire. So I wonder... And I don't know if this is the case. This is just me wondering. I wonder if Tesla, the tires that come on your Tesla, produce less emissions because they are made of a more durable rubber, or if it's about the same. I I honestly don't know. I do know if you maintain proper tire pressure, that will reduce the uh, air pollutants that you produce from your tires. So that's something to keep in mind. All right, and now we come to our final story here. Pretty quick, right? Harvesting lithium from the ocean is difficult, which seems like a weird statement when you stop to consider that the ocean contains approximately 5,000 times more lithium than what we have on land. The difficult part is the lithium found in the ocean is only about 0.2 parts per million, which means that it's a very low concentration to say the least. Researchers in Saudi Arabia at the King Abdallah University of Science and Technology, just as an odd uh, coincidence, I'm almost 100% sure my old neighbor currently works there um, at that university. 
he's not involved in this study, but uh, a really smart guy. And he just moved back to Saudi Arabia last year. Anyway, um, they may have found a cost-effective solution to harvesting lithium from the ocean. The researchers have developed an electrochemical cell with a ceramic membrane made of lithium, lanthium, titanium oxide, LLTO. And basically, this is a strainer that allows the lithium ions to pass through and blocks out the larger metals. Now, stay with me here because uh, this I'm going to explain it and then I think I can make it really simple after I explain this. And it's not, I don't think it's terribly hard, but just kind of stay with me. Water flows into a central chamber and then positive ions, positive lithium ions, pass through the LLTO membrane and they go into a compartment containing a, like a buffer solution. And then there's a whole, you know, coated cathode of, you know, platinum and copper and all that stuff. Um, and then the negative ions, they feed into a separate chamber through an exchange membrane. And that allows them to move to a third compartment containing a sodium chloride solution and then an anode, right? So stay with me here because <laughs> I feel like, uh, I feel like this is very confusing. But basically what we have is two cells. On one, we have the anode with the negative lithium ions. And then on the other, we have a cathode with the positive lithium ions. And then what happens is about 3.25 volts is applied. And the new cell generates a hydrogen gas and a chlorine gas. So the hydrogen gas is on the cathode side and the chlorine gas, gas excuse me, is on the anode side. And this allows the lithium to transport through the LLTO membrane and it accumulates in yet another chamber. And what this allows us to have is a lithium enriched water. And then from there, they're actually able, it goes through like four different uh cycles and then they're able to take the lithium enriched water and produce a pure lithium good enough for ev batteries now this is this seems very confusing i'm going to try to explain how uh, this made the most amount of sense to me so when you have a, a battery you have a membrane in between and you have your your positive side of the the battery and your negative side of the battery and when you charge it up Ions flow from one side of the membrane to another, and when it's discharged, it flows back to the other side. And this is effectively what we're talking about here. By applying those 3.25 volts, those ions are moving through a membrane and then, you know, eventually being deposited in this chamber with lithium-enriched water. So it's pretty cool. So it, I'm not going to say that it's exactly like a battery because it's a gross oversimplification, right? But to me... That's very much how a battery works in general, like broad terms. If you're a battery engineer um, and, and you're like, no, that's totally wrong. Email me, Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. But for, from what I understand from doing the show for five years, that's, that's how it works for batteries. And that seems to be how it works when you're trying to, um, you know, extract a very small amount of lithium out of a very big pond. So <laughs> just FYI. So the cost of all this is about $5 of electricity for one kilogram of lithium. Now I tried my best to find out what it costs to mine 
on land, the traditional with traditional methods, one kilogram of lithium. And I really wasn't able to find out hard numbers. It sounds like it's about $7 a kilogram for lithium. If you wanted to purchase it like on an open market type thing, or I guess maybe not open market on some sort of lithium trading market. But what it doesn't take into effect is that even though it costs, let's say it costs $2.50 to mine on the on land with traditional methods, and it costs $5 to use the ocean method. Well, here's good news for you. Um, the offset is you have that chlorine and that hydrogen that you can sell. So that brings the cost of production of producing the lithium actually down below $5 when you consider that you can capture the chlorine and the hydrogen, and then you're good to go. If you have questions again, or you, or you understand this better than I did, go to Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com and correct me. I'm, I'm happy to learn. All right, everybody, that is it for news today. Let's jump right into our Kirsch rant. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Jessica Kirsch, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Bodhi. It's great to be back. I appreciate you having me back on. Yeah, it's been about a month and you have lots of updates, which I am so happy that we get to share with the listeners here. How have you been? Uh, good, good, good. Lots of uh, things in the works right now. It's It's been a little whirlwindish, but I can't complain. So the last time we were hanging out, we... We're talking about you needed a trailer, you needed uh, some sort of solar panel, battery system. Um, you were doing a GoFundMe. Do you want to talk about the GoFundMe first? Absolutely. So I started a GoFundMe campaign at the end of April, beginning of May, when my the rental property I was staying in, the landlord gave us a 30-day notice to vacate by May 31st. So... I w- had already planned on going down to Starbase and moving there. And so what better time to, you know, start the GoFundMe. And it reached, I think it was 20% funded in a month, which was huge. Um, thanks to the support of everyone. That was a huge blessing. Um and it, it, it's it's just been amazing. So that allowed you to purchase a trailer, 
Yes. Do you want to tell us about your trailer? So the trailer is, uh, it is, I think it's 20, it's 29 feet, which sounds huge. Uh, it's very basic on the inside, but it, it it's, it's a, it'll be great. Um, I'm going to turn it into my own little live stream studio slash kitty kingdom for Stella. And it is, um, coming from East Dallas and it's going to come on a truck or be delivered by the dealer for a fee, of course, down to Starbase. So that's going to happen hopefully this coming week. With that, you have some challenges and we talked about that a little bit and you've, you've come up with some strategies because, so you have some reasons to go off grid. So do you want to talk about those? Okay. So some of the challenges are the infrastructure, the, the electricity infrastructure in the rare area, the region where my trailer will be parked. It's a, it's a remote area. It's right on the border of Mexico and the Southern tip of Texas. There's not much there right now. I think that's going to change very quickly. However, at this time, there's, there's not any power infrastructure for me to plug into. So that's the first challenge. Uh, I need to find a source of power so I can live streaming to the world what's going on down at Starbase in the development of Starship, right? And the build out mm-hmm. of this gateway to Mars that Elon Musk has envisioned for his entire life. So I have to build some kind of DIY <laughs> solar system uh, considering wind energy as a supplementary source of power for days where it's cloudy or days where uh, I use more power than usual. Um, If it's super hot and I need to run the AC and also run the, I'm doing a live stream at the same time, that's a lot of power consumption. So configuring how much, you know, determining the amount of, of, of uh, electrical production from the sun I will need has been a very interesting process. Yeah. You showed me some of your, your um, back of the napkin math to try to figure that out. And I'm not going to lie. My, my eyes just kind of glazed over, but um, it looks like a lot of, a lot of work, but you have a tool to kind of help you with that. Yeah. Which, uh, which my friend Rex is helping me design this system. He recommended a, it's, this tool, he calls it a cheat tool and it's called a kilowatt meter. I bought it on Amazon. It was, I don't know, 19 bucks. This tool plugs into a standard wall outlet in the United States. From that plug, I plug a power strip into that. And then I plug all of the sources of electricity that I use into that power strip. And it gives me a read over a course of time of the, the highest level of watt usage at any given time in the 24 hour period and the lowest level, which I don't know how that, why that matters, but it also gives the amount of kilowatt hours of electricity required or used 
Uh, for example, right now, my iMac computer is connected to two, you know, ring light lamps, which are on. And then I've got four LED bulbs that are running. Um, I've got a, a MacBook Air laptop plugged into a TV, which are both the TV's off, but the MacBook's on. Two Wise cams, all plugged into this power strip. Plus, over here, I've got my Android charger, my iPhone charger. And I think that's about it. So, and that's just for my studio. <laughs> yeah. And that doesn't take into account, like you said, for air conditioning, yeah. cooking, yeah. powering the lights in the, in the, the, the trailer itself. Yeah. So you need to have, you need to have a really good idea as to how much solar you need to put on and wind generation. Yes. The, the trailer. And then also you need to have some sort of storage. Yes. Yes. Essential. So do you want to talk about the battery packs first, or do you want to talk about the, the, the stop gap for your storage with the EcoFlow power station? So this, this build out, it's a process one because of expense, it's expensive. So in the meantime, my plan as of, you know, yesterday <laughs> is to purchase a, a portable battery backup system with attachable solar panels detachable, attachable that I can just put in the yard outside yard outside of my trailer. Just to kind of recap here, you're, you got some, you got a temporary stop gap with your uh, EcoFlow in the, the solar panels. And then over time with the help of Rex, you're going to add, cause this isn't a, you know, a cheap thing. Like it, it is quite expensive to, put solar panels on because not only do you need the solar panels, but you need the inverters and you need all the connections and you might need to do some wiring. Although it sounds like the trailer might be pretty set up, pre-set up for, for solar, but just in case it's not right, you know, there's lots of different things you're going to do, but effectively this is a, a DIY setup because you're going to be, you know, building your own solar array. And then on top of that, you're going to be building your own solar packs, which I think is really, really interesting. And I hope that you do, I hope that you do videos showing how that works. Cause I'm really fascinated to see how that whole thing goes together. Yeah. I'm actually, I am going into this really knowing nothing about electrical. I just know that solar power, so, sorry. I know that solar power is something that I've always been fascinated in and have for many years uh, said out loud, which I probably shouldn't have because people think say that's never going to happen. But what if, you know, airplanes could be powered by solar airplane, I mean, airplanes, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and it needs to become affordable and much more efficient. So putting planes aside, yes, <laughs> you know, a couple of years ago, Elon would have said that it doesn't make sense to put solar on a car. And now they're putting solar on the Cybertruck because now it makes sense. Really? That's news. Yeah, well, okay. it's going to be an added package, oh. but on the tunnel cover, they're going to put solar on the Cybertruck. That's amazing. You have to pay for it. Of but course. I think he said it. <laughs> I think he said it would get you like 20 or 25 miles a day or something like that. It's not very much, but it is something. 
that's better than nothing. And, and it could just be that, that small little bit that takes you just a little bit further to get home in order to charge at home as opposed to paying for a supercharger. Well, and I, like I'm at work for 48 hours. So if I park my cyber truck outside and it's not underneath the canopy, um, I effectively get 40 hours of, or 40 miles of charge on my way home, which, you know, I live about 28 miles away from work. So it's not, I mean, that it's a net win for me. That's amazing. <laughs> I don't have to pay anybody to charge the car. If I do, if I go with that package, which I don't think I will, because um, I think Tesla would cost a lot of money. So anyways, on the t- topic of Cybertruck, I am also now finally a reservation holder, meaning I put yes, the $100 deposit down. And I went with the, because I'm my rig, my, sorry, my, um, RV travel trailer. It's a bumper pull. It weighs, I think the dry weight is 5,300 pounds. So it's heavy. And then it's going to have my stuff inside of it, my gear, my everything, you know, um, that's with empty water tanks, empty, no propane tank on the front, um, dry weight. So in order to tow that, I, I looked at the three options of the Cybertruck. They're all expensive, right? But I'm I'm trying to do this whole future outlook thing because it's for me it's um, it's more productive to think about where I will hopefully be in you know by the time that Cybertrucks start delivering and not base my judgment on whether or not I can afford it right now because I can't. <laughs> so I, the three options, I think the first is the the single motor, the dual motor, and then the tri motor. And you, mm-hmm. you went with the dual motor, right? I did. Okay. So, and that's a great option. And so based on the very limited amount of time that I spent looking at between the, the two, the single motor had a range of, I think, 250 plus miles, right? The dual mm-hmm. motor had a range of 300 or 350 mile plus miles. Is that what it says? I think it starts at three. A minimum of three is what they are saying. Okay. And then the towing capacity, I believe, is up to, does it say it on your, up to? And I think some, it's 10 off the top of my head. Which is, I can look. that's a lot. Like, that's a lot For the of dual towing. motor capacity. I think it's 7,500 for the other one. Okay. 7,500. Okay. So I think that when I, or I know that when I placed my order, I think it was just last week, which I haven't said anything about because it still seems like a far-fetched idea. The, I was basing it on the distance between the Tesla Gigafactory that's being built in Austin, Mm -hmm. the distance between that and Starbase where I'm going to be have my trailer parked and it's it's more than 350 miles one way and so i thought okay so if i'm gonna have this trailer and say i want to go up to austin and and stay for a while and watch the cyber trucks roll off the line and delivery well i guess delivery can't take place in texas at this point because of the laws but that's neither here nor there but to see them parked, you know, outside of the, the Terra Gigafactory in Austin is something that I think would be exciting. So in order to get the trailer from Starbase to Austin without having to stop to charge, 
I would need the trimotor, which is up to 10,000 pounds of towing capacity uh, as of the day that I placed the order. Uh, and, the trimotor is 14,000 pounds. Oh, wow. Really? Uh-huh. Okay, so that's even more. But it was it was the range that I think it was 500 plus miles. That's what they estimate, yes. Right. So I t- so take off 10% of that, right? Because of the nor- assuming that it is the same percentage of loss of battery capacity on the current cells, which it likely will be less because it'll be more efficient. But anyways, I'm doing worst case scenario. So if I took off, if I ha- if I went with the dual motor, it's a great option, but I just want to make sure that I can, it's, there's a limitation with the, the supercharger charging network when it comes to towing a trailers. So do I need to detach the trailer, park it in a parking lot and then go and charge the cyber truck and then reattach the trailer and then continue forward? That's, Effectively, yes. Right, exactly. And I know that's not something that I could see myself doing calmly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely a, a that's definitely a challenge because mm-hmm. you can just pull in, you know, parallel to the gas pumps. Mm-hmm. You, you have to back in or take up. You just are going to be a jerk and take up all the spaces at a supercharger. And I think that when the semis begin production or, or I think that that's when the, it will be addressed, the pull through charging stations until there's, I can pull the cyber truck through with my trailer and charge without having to detach, retach kind of thing. Like a semi would do to fill up with diesel at a gas station. That's a valid point. Tesla semi is going to have to do that. Yeah. Until I can do that. I, um, you know, it's, it's just a convenience thing and it, I'm, it's worth it for the environment <laughs> and um, I believe in the mission. So, well, that's really cool. Congratulations. <laughs> it's I exciting did. and also terrifying. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. When I own the, the Cybertruck outright and the trailer and I own it outright, then I'll call myself an owner and then I'll ask, then you, I'll welcome the congratulations. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, so through this whole process, you have Rex as a, as a guide, but you're also looking at anybody else who's had similar situations or can give you some recommendations or some guidance. So do you want to tell people where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you would, are interested in following my YouTube channel, it is, if you type, my name, Jessica Kirsch, K-I-R-S-H, Jessica Kirsch, into YouTube or into Google, but into YouTube, my channel should pop up, hit subscribe, hit the notification bell, watch me live. Bodhi comes on as often as he can from from Twitch. And there is, uh, yeah, that's where you'll see the most updated content once I get there. Also, in terms of if you have any information or have done this in the past, please reach out. Um, I will, I'll provide my email address, which is jessica at jessicakirsch.com. Send me an email. There is a, the ability to do this DIY solar rig is it's complicated. Um, I'm asking a friend who builds solar power, 
tra- mobile trailers. Uh, he's actually has a, a business that he's starting. He has, for example, right now he has a trailer that he tows around with him to do welding. He's a, he's a metal fabricator. If you want to follow him, it's at thinkfab, F-A-B, thinkfab on Twitter. He has recommended based on the donation of the lithium iron phosphate solar cells from the Aptera, one of the founders. There is a battery managed solar battery management system, solar BMS that was created by one man in Canada. And he, I guess, hand crafts them, hand builds them. And it's a solar charge controller. It's called Electrodacus, electrodacus.com spelled E as an elephant, L E C T R O Dacus D as in dad, A as an alpha C as in cat U as an umbrella S as in Sam.com. If anybody has created a solar, a solar system for powering a trailer, or maybe you did a a do it yourself solar install for your home or your, or anything. If you, if you have any background on this, I would love if you reached out. Excellent. And I know as you get down to Starbase and as you start putting these little projects together, there's going to be lots of content. Yeah. Well, I, I have some how to videos. That's kind of where I started when it came to my channel, how to videos of basics like pool maintenance and oil change walkthrough. I can bring updates on the system and hopefully inspire others to give this a go because the more people transitioning to sustainable energy, going off grid, this kind of stuff, the more competitive the marketplace will become, the lower the prices. Yeah. No, I think the next couple of years is going to be exciting, especially with everybody wanting to work from home and and be able to travel and things like that. I think we're going to start seeing more and more of this kind of thing. Jessica Kirsch, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us today. Yeah. Thanks again, Bodhi. This is so much fun. I look forward to this every month. Thanks for having me. See you next time. All right, everybody, that is our show. I want to thank Jessica for coming on and sharing her story and her curse rant. Um, I'm I'm very excited for her and a little bit jealous because a new adventure. New adventures are always fun and exciting. A little scary, but always fun and exciting. But I would encourage you to follow Jessica's progress. You can follow her on YouTube, which is at uh, youtube.com forward slash Jessica Kirsch. She's also on Twitch, I believe, still under Jessica Kirsch. And then you can find her Twitter. It's at Jessica underscore Kirsch. So, yeah, I would encourage you to go hang out and and spend some time uh, with Jessica as she goes through this whole process. It's very exciting. And then if you want to email me, it's Bodhi, as I mentioned before, Bodhi at 918digital.com. And then you can also follow me on Twitter at 918digital. And that is it for me. I hope you all have a wonderful week and I will talk to you next Friday. Mm -hmm.